0: You asked me how Giordano Bruno knew about um, aliens. What? Um, not really. <laughs> you basically asked okay, me. Okay, sure. And I just want to say it might be aliens. <laughs> was he abducted by aliens? Maybe he was probed. And he's like, listen, there's the stars are suns, yep. and they have planets, and there's life on them. And they came here and they probed me, and you're burning me at the stake. Why is this happening? Mm hmm. And that's his life was bad. It's not my fault. So I'm not saying that was real, but <laughs> I can't deny. I'm not not saying it not, was not real. I can't say definitively that it didn't not happen. Yeah. <laughs> not happen. Just add more not nots. <laughs> it didn't not ever happen. Hello, welcome back, <laughs> hysterical history. If none of that made sense, go listen to the first Galileo episode. I'm Alexis. I'm Haley. And it's time for more Galileo history time. More Galileo Galileo. Galileo V-O. In October 1604. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was a supernova. <laughs> <laughs> I love supernova. Is that good? I love this is gonna be really stupid and nerdy and you can cut it out in case time is okay. bad. But there's something about, especially supernova, because they're very sudden, Mm -hmm. because that means like a star died or something happened maybe billions of years ago. Yeah. And the light of it is just now getting here. Mm -hmm. And it's getting here so many years later, just happening to be at the... Just the right time to go into the eyes of a conscious creature that can comprehend what it's seeing. Mm -hmm. And it's so cool. Like, of all the light in all the universe, that sun that died got to be seen and witnessed. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's so cool. (laughs) That's very cool. I love it. From, like, maybe before... Our solar system even existed. Mm-hmm. How awesome. Right. And then now it's like, yeah, supernova, pretty lights. <laughs> pretty lights. Look for it in three days. <laughs> and honestly, that's all stars. Anytime you look at a star. Hey, now. You're all stars. <laughs> <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> anyway, you're going to be burned at the stake. Probably. <sighs> that's all stars. Every star mm-hmm. is like that. <laughs> Yep, light has been traveling for light years to reach you. Mm-hmm. And it just happens that those little beams of light are hitting your face and you're witnessing them and it's cool. But not in 1604. <laughs> in 1604, it wasn't cool. In 1604, people crapped their pants. Kind of. <laughs> and called the cops on Galileo. <laughs> yep. They did. They're like, he's writing stuff and we don't like it. He tricked us <laughs> with the sky. So a supernova appeared in the sky, which mm-hmm. is weird. Yeah. Because according to Aristotle's fundamental principles, uh-huh. nothing changes <laughs> in the heavens. Sorry. <laughs> of course. All, all I could think was like Aristotle's like book of wrong facts. Like <laughs> <laughs> fundamental errors. According to Aristotle's Poopy butthole fact. According to almost everything I said was wrong, <laughs> uh, that don't work. <laughs> the heavens are unchangeable uh-huh. and perfect, and everything in it is a perfect sphere and just a whole bunch of wrong things. You're stupid. Uh, because everything in them was made of perfect, uh, this perfect, unadulterable material called quintessence, <laughs> um, which is like what Hamlet's talking about. It's like this quintessence of dust. Yeah. Same stuff. It's like when you watch uh, Avatar and they're looking for unobtainium. Yeah. It's, that's Sick. what it is. Uh but nonsense fluid liquid thing. They they explain comets and, like, you know, little shooting stars that and stuff. Are moving. Right. Like, what's up with that? As uh, they explain them as, well, they're not in the heavens. They're in a, a lower sphere uh, below, alternate plane. Below the moon that's elemental instead of celestial, so it doesn't Dude, count. You're an idiot. Like, this is incredible. Right, like, because then how you explain the moon and the sun if things don't move? <laughs> uh, well, those are uh, also in the heavens, but they're like their own bodies or some perfect bodies. This is so stupid. Anyway. And If you have to go, well, yeah, but, yeah, it, yeah, but eight times when you make your argument. are not actually in the heavens. Well, you see, that is actually, yeah, then it's you're wrong, probably. So the, the supernova appears, and it's new, and what is it? Galileo, being a sneaky snake, mm-hmm. I'm a boy, Sneak. writes to astronomers in other cities to compare notes on what they are seeing. And He's it's like, what the hell? You see that? What is it <laughs> happening? What the F? Whoa. Did you, am I making this up? Are Whoa. you making this up? <laughs> People are screaming and running in the streets. <laughs> is it moving for you? God is angry. <laughs> did it move for you? No, Does the like, church say anything about it? Uh, They're like, I'm not sure. God's saying hi. <laughs> I, did, I didn't look up if the church had okay. a statement. Yeah. Here's the weird thing. Is that he writes to all these people in different cities, like, a long ways away. Uh-huh. No detectable parallax uh. Uh, on this new thing. It's in the same place with respect to all the other stars, no matter where you look at it from. Weird. If you haven't listened to the Copernicus episode, just do it Dude, already. What are you doing here? Just, we We've said it, like, three <sighs> times. Just go do it. Just search our website for Copernicus. I know it sounds really boring. It is. But he's boring. And we laugh at <laughs> it him. It is. We laugh at him together. Yeah. But essentially, Parallax, when we talk about it, it's like the the closer something is, the more it appears to change position when you, the viewer, move. It's like It's like Doppler effect but with your eyeballs. Yeah. So if your friend is standing in front of you and you step to your left, the... Angle that your friend appears to be at is very different. Mm -hmm. If your friend is standing like a mile away and you take a step to the left, they barely moved. They don't appear to shift like at all. Almost indetectable. Uh, And if something is very, very far away, like a star, it basically doesn't move. Actually indetectable. (laughs) Like pretty indetectable. I think we were in like the late 1800s before we had anything powerful enough to detect stars moving. Yeah. From where we are, right. But uh, yeah, at the time, no matter where you are on Earth, it's you can't really tell if a star is shifting. Yeah. But this uh, this new star looks pretty stationary, mm-hmm. and that means it's not um, lower than the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's far away. Yeah, which uh, Aristotle's wrong. Mm-hmm. I guess. Because the heavens just changed. He wrong all the time. Turns out he wrong all the time. (laughs) (laughs) When he right though, that can't happen. So this starts public feuds just all over the place. Oh yeah, I'm sure for Galileo just flip out. People like philosopher friends and colleagues of Galileo's like it's a line in the sand, it's, as they say in Big Brother. <laughs> it's a line in the sand. It's so weird to me that they were just like, let's just trust everything he said from hundreds of years <laughs> ago, thousands of years ago. It's like why? Like 300 years before Christ, why do you trust him? Like I mean the church specifically, but I mean, like why, everybody just everybody. like everybody, it's so strange to be like, no, that's definitely right, and you can't even argue it. It's like, what? it's so old, it's almost it's like a pride thing, and he's not even point. like making good arguments that are provable, like he's making arguments that are provable the opposite, so that I'm just like, why, why are you so on this? <laughs> it's it's inconceivable that a mere mathematician could like, deal a fundamental blow to this philosophy. Right, like, why is he a saint to you people? I don't know. It's so strange. So, heated pamphlets are Mm -hmm. written, very heated, to which... Heated (laughs) pamphlets. Heated. Making angry posts on my blog. Very angry blog posts. Mm. (laughs) Just typing (laughs) furiously. Early modern angry blog posts. Mm. Very mad. (laughs) I am very, very crusty Just wait until you read my pamphlet. Just wait. And Galileo responds under an assumed name. Mm-hmm. He's of classy. Course. He's classy like that. I mean, he's smart. Uh, he, it's a little dialogue between two peasants, and he makes the peasant sound... Uh, more reasoned and smarter than the celebrated professors Hell that he's yeah. arguing against. Love it. He's kind of a sassy man. He's yep. a sassy old man. Sass master. Uh, Cesare Cremolini. Oh. Uh, well, no, not Borgia. Mm. He's not smart enough to be in this. <laughs> it's true. not like in this way. Yeah. He's only smart in the evil, schemey way. Like the evil... Waggling hips way, mm-hmm. waggly eyebrows, waggly way. bits way. Yeah. Uh, but Cremonini is uh, the guy doing the arguing, the philosopher. Um, and his comeback is well, earth rules are different than sky rules. <laughs> <laughs> sky laws <is> different. <laughs> The sky averse <laughs> operates differently. The sky council says different <laughs> rules. The sky council, <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> it's like they're not oh. even thinking out an argument, they're just thinking the first thing they could think of. They're like, Well, it's different because it's sky. Yeah, I mean, Aristotle has different principles for celestial and elemental materials. This is their <sighs> Uh, And this is where Galileo has that line. like, what do philosophers know about measuring anything? Hmm. When did you measure it? Since when? When did the Sky Council give you the stats, you idiot? Did they give you the units to use? Mm, Sounds like you need a mathematician. Hmm. Someone who can be trusted with measuring things. Hmm. Who cares if it's quintessence or polenta? It won't change how far away it is. (laughs) Polenta. You slime weasel. (laughs) Slime weasel. I wish he actually said that. (laughs) It sounds, in Italian. It sounds better in Italian. Yeah, slime weasel. <laughs> yeah, <You> slime weasel. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Medieval Italian. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Even better. Uh, this, more than anything, is Galileo's, like, one of his turning points. <laughs> I thought you were <laughs> say his problem. His, like, problem is, yeah, just calling people weird animal names. Yeah. Mixed with, like... A really uncomfortable texture. hmm Sewer demon. Yeah. Crusty <laughs> lamb. <laughs> Gross. I just see a sad (laughs) lamb. Someone Mm. shear that thing. Mm. Oh, it's sad. Oh, it's skin's crusty, too. (sighs) Someone sprayed mustard on it. It's all caked up. (laughs) Oh, gross. (laughs) It's bad. Anyway. No one's going to make a sweater out of that. No. Nasty. (laughs) But from this point out, like 1605, Uh he's like the spokesman of observation and data and collection mm-hmm. mr. science man mr. spokesboy mr. science come <laughs> said mr. man yeah I'm like, i mean <laughs> i mean that could be lots of people i mean he didn't have to work for that yeah just kind of was born yeah i guess yeah uh, that summer, he spends his time in Florence as a math tutor to, the, to the young prince Cosimo de' Medici. Oh, Cosimo. Cosimo. Ooh la la. <laughs> Ooh la la. <laughs> <Donk>. Cosimo Medici. <laughs> Uh, he was—Galileo, uh, that is, was already well-regarded by the Medici's. That's good. Uh, and he wanted— Don't want to be on their bad side. You don't want to be, like, on their bad side. Mm-hmm, it's bad. Why not? It's bad. Why, why would you? They own the banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he, he was— he was on their good side. He wanted to be in their ear specifically uh, because, once again, he wanted their help in keeping his job. Yeah, because uh, things are heating up, and he's in danger for the first time. He's pulling a Machiavelli move uh, <laughs> to, to, like the so the supernova thing happened, and I might get fired. No one met me, and and they did. They helped him. They're like, "You're a good boy. You can stay." Oh, good. And. 1609. Very exciting. He hears about an invention in Holland that makes distant objects appear closer. Telescope! Telescope! It's a spyglass. Hell yeah. Gonna make the whole world seem really close. Everybody gonna poop their pants. <laughs> poop their pants, and then they take the spyglass down. They're like, oh, it's far away. <laughs> Didn't have to poop just now. I got like two hours. <laughs> Don't worry about it. But now I got to change my pants. <laughs> got to change my pants. Spyglass. Spyglass. That's the commercial. <laughs> and The Venetians are like, we want one. Oh, wow. Well, I want to poop my pants. I want to poop my pants right now. Yeah. I'm on a boat. <laughs> Galileo realized... At once, like how important this would be for a maritime power, yeah. like for Venice. It's very helpful. And he's like, they're going to want this it's in the swampland. <laughs> yeah. They'll love it. A little swamp palace. If they Venice. can't see anywhere. <laughs> uh, so we hurried back to Padua on his little feet to try his hand at <laughs> making his own little swamp. He, <laughs> he runs. He runs. He scampers. I love the idea that he walks all the way there. <laughs> like he doesn't take a horse. <laughs> A carriage, nothing. Just walks. Scampers. Go run. Go, go, go. He apparates by starlight. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, the one he makes, is cool. He just, like, makes his own. He figures out, like, logically, it's like, well, it has to have, like, one convex and one concave. And you put it like this. Be, oh, like, look at that. Oh, why didn't I think of that? Just somebody had to show me it. Now I can do it. <laughs> the one he makes is a proof-of-concept toy that maybe magnifies one to two... Three times. So yeah, it's not great, uh, but he gets him super riled up. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna make so much money! I can do this all by myself." <laughs> uh, but the Venetian the Venetian government has already heard of this as well, and they're like asking around advice for uh, how much money they should spend to like pay to get one of these, mm-hmm. like from foreigners. And he's like, "Hold up, I make you one for the <laughs> cheap. Hold my wine." And he's like, I'm going to be there in like a couple months and like, ta-da. And what do we know, guys, about Europe at the time? Um, That's right. They're racist against everyone else from every other country. So So if they can get it from their own people, way better. Other people are nasty. I would have never guessed racist because you specified at the time. Yeah. It's less now. Mm, It's less. (laughs) It's less. It's less. It's less. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Now it's more like regional. It's fine. It used to be everyone, you know? I mean, they used to kill... Um, yeah. Um <laughs> It's fine. Yeah. So in, better. In August he arrives with a telescope is about as good as your average pair of binoculars. It's like uh, pretty good. Good. It's it's good. Like modern binoculars. Yeah. Yeah, good. Like you know your average pair of modern binoculars. Which right. by the way, listeners, if you are interested in getting into astronomy, uh, don't don't bother about getting a telescope. Just get it like a okay pair of binoculars. Get a good set of binocs. They're they work fine. A binoc- binoculars are just two telescopes. <laughs> yeah. Two. And then you don't have to worry about, like, spending a lot of money or learning a whole new piece of equipment at the same time as getting acquainted with a whole uh, universe in front of you. If it worked for Galileo, it can work for you. You don't have to pick an eye to look through, and you can turn it every which way you want, wherever you go. I hate having to pick an eye. I can't. I can't do it. Which one? I won't do it. Which one? So Galileo set to work uh, grinding more glass. Grind it. Grinding more lenses. Mm, Grinding. Mm. Mm. For more powerful (laughs) telescope glass. Uh, He he got his glass on the sly so his rivals wouldn't, like, figure out how he was doing it. He got that uh, (laughs) black market glass. (laughs) Secret glass. Ice, ice, ice. He pays him extra money and he's like, don't tell nobody you did this. Don't tell anyone. By December, he has a 20 times uh, magnifying scope. Hmm. Pretty good. Hell yeah, dude. Like, improving very fast. These are, I'll say, a hit in Italy. Yeah. They're a hit everywhere. A I mean, hit. a hit for a government because there are immediate military <laughs> applications. A Italy, if you will. A Italy, <laughs> if you will. Because uh, rich old men in particular really seem to like them. <laughs> I mean, same as now. Because uh, they can just, like, look through their windows <laughs> at look night. Look at and people. See things. Be creepy. Yep. 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 That's canon. That's all the time. That's all the time. Since they were invented. Constantly. <laughs> Since they were invented. Every old man in itty's like, I gotta get my hands on one. <laughs> you said an itty. An itty. Every old man in itty, like, I need one. An itty, and he wanted to tell you. Oh. <laughs> Any also, I haven't wanted to tell you because I don't want you to like be really self-conscious oh, about it. no. But multiple times when you say Galileo, you say Galileo. <laughs> like all smushed together. <laughs> Galileo. Galileo. I don't have time. You <laughs> can't say Galileo Ga- every time. Galileo. <laughs> but like it's Galileo. Anyway. Galileo. <laughs> so <laughs> Once he has a pretty good telescope, he observed the moon every night he could. He's so into it. He's like, look at that girl up there. Hi, moon. He's like, I'm Superman. I can see everything. He's like, hey, Luna, buongiorno. He correctly interpreted what he saw as proving the existence of mountains and craters on the moon. Oh, I thought it just meant the existence of mountains on Earth. I was like, <laughs> is someone arguing? Mountains aren't real, Alexis. <laughs> We're in Isaquah. <laughs> Haley's like, where all these mountains come from? What the hell? Since when? And I'm like, I think they've been there a really long where time. Where are we? <laughs> Pretty sure they've been there a long time. When did the Cascades get here? Since when are there mountains? <laughs> when in Issaquah <laughs> I don't like it. I don't believe Sneaking you. Sneaking up on me. <laughs> surrounded by mountains. Get me my telescope. I'm going to call the police. And uh, the mountains and craters on the moon are important because, as I it's said. it's not a perfect sphere anymore. They're not a perfect sphere, which. Because it's been beaten up by stuff because it's our shield. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Moon. Love you. <laughs> Thanks, Bay. She's so good to us. I oh, love you. Protecting us. Mm. Pulling and pushing the tads, pulling and pushing. Mm. Thanks, babe. Pull it, push it. <laughs> Save us <laughs> from meteors. Uh, and early in January 1610, he discovered four satellites revolving around Jupiter. Holy balls! Satellites. There are things revolving around other planets. Mm-hmm. This is huge. They got moons too. This is this contradicts the idea of natural philosophers. Jupiter's that, got a butt ton of moons. <laughs> There's, like, so many. This contradicts the idea that the Earth was the center of all celestial motion. It's mm-hmm. like, what about those ones? Why that do? That one's... They're not going around us. They're going around Jupiter. Those ones are going around Jupiter. A whole different planet. So... Explain. You can't. It's just one more way that you're wrong. You're wrong about everything Aristotle. He saw previously unseen stars and several constellations. Hell yeah. And he saw that the Milky Way was actually a big pattern of many stars. He's like look at all the stars. Whoa. Can you imagine being one of the first humans to really look at the Milky Way and be like it's full of stars. My god it's full of stars. And not being just a weird derivative quote from a movie can you imagine him later knowing that that was just now it's just a candy bar <laughs> can you imagine me like have you ever heard of a candy bar he's like yeah you know the milky way and you hand him a candy bar and he's like what milky way what <laughs> like, what is around this what kind of force field I don't is this understand what is it made out of stars <laughs> yes And so are you. (laughs) Everything is stars. Everything is stardust. And then he poops his pants. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I would love to make Galileo poop (laughs) his pants. (laughs) The ideal goal. Like, uh, I'm not that smart, so I wouldn't be very good at, like, really talking about stuff. Mm -hmm. But your average, like, teenager knows more about the universe than Galileo ever oh, did. Yeah. Which is it's so cool the way we just keep going. Especially you know? I see and I would love them to explain that to him. And then him being like, how has that happened? And they're like, I don't know. Like they, I don't know. I don't know. They taught me that in school. They I don't just, know. Teacher said Take me to your teacher. Oh, my God. The smartest person alive. (laughs) It's a regular high school teacher. I I I was imagining just like a kindergarten teacher. Oh, yeah. That, too. Just like, I don't know, Miss (laughs) Applesat. Yeah. Take me to her. Take me. (laughs) She knows everything. (laughs) Take me. How did you discover this? And she's like, I didn't. So, uh, Galileo. Mm Mm-hmm published his discoveries in a little book called The Starry Messenger, which is very cute. It's very precious. And he dedicated them to Cosimo. Oh, cute. Who is now the Grand Duke. Yeah. The literate He's pub- like, My best friend, the Grand Duke. <laughs> my, Cosimo. My bestie, Mr. Medici over here. The Grand Duke, mm-hmm. in case any of you were still gonna get up in my DMs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm friends with the Grand Duke. The Grand Duke. Are you friends with the Grand Duke? Doubt it. Shut up. Never seen you at the parties. Never seen you. I don't even know who you are. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm your. We're in the same department. I'm your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of you. No, it's Dad's dad. I think. Uh, bye. Bye <laughs> right now. I think it's Dad's dad. Probably. Right now. Uh. So the. Like, the general literate public is really excited about this, you know, like they usually are when there's some new shiny thing. Yeah. But, of course. (laughs) Anything new to read is fun. Yeah. All of the other reactions were violent. From people who know stuff or think they do. It's not good. Yeah. Philosophers and astronomers alike. No one's happy. Mm -hmm. They called them illusions. They mocked. He's like, I can show you. (laughs) They called him a fraud. They're like, he's tricking us with his telescopes. It's a trick. Uh, Because they're like, anything you see in that glass goes away the second you take the glass away. And you're like, yeah, because it's really far away. They're like, so unless you have a whole... um, explained field of optics to explain it then it's not uh real and also all of the craters are probably just marks on the lens and also you're stupid this is hilarious to me though because you can use it on earth at <laughs> things that you can see yeah you know like mm-hmm. he could just point it at like the tower like leaning tower of Pisa, that you can see from a distance yeah and then you could see that it's the same thing mm-hmm. and he would be like there you go but celestial things don't work the same say But the once the it goes into the sky, then things. it changes, and then you're wrong. Oh, uh, the Sky Council sent me a letter. And, <laughs> and they, they said, said you are <laughs> tricking us. And they said it wasn't true. They said there's a force field around Earth, so you can't really see <laughs> the sky, right? They, they said all your eyeballs bounce back, and you can't see it. <laughs> So embarrassing. <laughs> Aristotle's on the Sky Council, and like he said he doesn't like you. I took one second and figured out a way to make an <laughs> argument against them. I know you did. I'm not a scientist, uh, which means it's not hard it's, to prove no. them wrong. It's not hard now. You live in the 21st century. Gosh. You're basically science fiction. <laughs> You're basically a genius. You basically live in space. <laughs> we always did. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> We're going through space right now. It's too fast. Thousands of miles an hour. Whoosh. I want off this ride. Whoosh. Okay, anyway. Now that your ears are bleeding. <laughs> Notable exceptions to all the screaming. Of course, was good boy Kepler, yay! Whose thoughts Galileo specifically requested. Uh, where Kepler was the court astronomer to the Holy Roman Emperor, he like oh. sent a message through mm. an ambassador, and he's like, "Get this to my boy, my boy. I want Keb. his thoughts." <laughs> and Kepler wrote a long reply at once. He's like, oh, my gosh, I love it. You're so smart and right. He called it discussion with the starry messenger. Cute. And accepted discoveries as real. And uh, Galileo, like, basically sent him a telescope. Yeah. It's very cute. I,
1: mean, I think
0: I think he actually sent it to, like, some high-up nobleman in yeah. Cologne or something. And he just got to use it, but I'm like, it was yours. That's very cute. It was yours. I love science bros. But nobody liked him. Uh, Some friends and students wrote, like, responses to the attacks, Mm -hmm. sort of, in his honor. Uh, But Galileo was giving lectures at Padua, and they all were selling out. Oh, yeah. And people... So people can throw stuff at him. Yeah, people were extremely (laughs) critical when they came in, and and he was so convincing that they would leave and be like, he's got a point. Oh. Yeah, actually. I don't know why I was mad. Is he right? Support spread, again, when Jesuit astronomers in Rome finally obtained a telescope, Uh good enough to confirm his discoveries. Bam. The Jesuits, uh, if you don't know anything about the Jesuits, they're kind of like the science wing of the Catholic Church. Yeah. Um, especially in astronomy, mm-hmm. um, and like aside from, uh, like dark kind of eras and like you know high profile bad cases like Galileo's, in general, the Catholic Church was like a pretty good patron to science. Yeah, um, because like. They uh, they decked the Jesuits out pretty good, right? They weren't like against it, yeah. Per se, right? It's weird because like the modern idea feels like if you're really into science, then you're probably not religious, and vice versa. Yeah, um, not so even now, but also not so back then. Yeah, Gataleo definitely not. Himself was very very Catholic, right? Like a good Italian boy, he's a good Italian boy, and he's very Catholic. Mm-hmm. And he is uh, extremely sad and disappointed when the church uh, comes after him, and we'll talk about that a little. Right? Bit. Who wouldn't be? Um, possibly uh, worst of all for the philosophers, mm-hmm. Galileo was eventually able to observe Venus. We talked about her. She hot. She hot. She's so hot, she kill you. <laughs> uh, once it was farther away from the sun, it was kind of too close to look at directly. hmm But he discovered it had moon-like phases. In other words, uh, it's revolving not around the Earth, but the sun. Dun-dun-dun. What the hell you talking about, bro? <laughs> it's the sun. <laughs> uh. And this destroys completely Aristotle and Ptolemy's systems. We're getting so close to gravity; it's nuts. It's like nuts, yo. Crazy. Um, They're doing so much good work for Newton. It's like really good. He's gonna come in here and be like, "Hell yeah! <laughs> See, I'm right, and I'm gonna prove it with everybody's work before me, mm-hmm. girl." Mm-hmm. What's up? So, for the first time, unequivocally. Mm-hmm. Galileo came out in print unequivocally for uh, the Copernican system. He hadn't actually done um, it before. He hadn't announced, he's my boy. He hadn't really announced it before. And honestly, this wasn't really an announcement. It was in the appendix in a book about sunspots. Ah. Uh, he, Subtly, he's like, he's my boy. He notes the final piece of evidence that got him... And it's the eclipses of Jupiter's satellites and a means of predicting their, like, orbits and their motions. Eclipses emotions. make things confusing. Yeah, like, how's the light doing that? How'd that happen? If they're going around Earth. why it go away? why they cover each wait? other up? You could say he goes in support of the Copernican system again, but not really and there's a couple reasons for that. Okay. And there's kind of a reason why he doesn't, his next book isn't just like, this is why I love the Copernican system. Mm hmm. Uh, that's because, like, he's not allowed to. The church. <laughs> the church. Says no, no, no. Ooh. No, no, he no. He is no, prevented no. from ever again treating the Earth's motions as real by the infamous events we're finally going to talk about. It's such a weird thing. <laughs> Yeah. You're not allowed to talk about how the earth moves anymore. It's like, what? What? You can't, like, just from from a place that is founded upon freedom of speech. Then be like, you can't talk about that ever again. It's like, what? 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 You're not allowed to do that. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. they allowed. You're not al- allowed? What? Hmm. Um, so, some general notes. Nothing general notes. Nothing in science is immune from further discoveries. That was a how may rather reference. Oh, I don't I don't understand the reference. I know to tell you. I'm a poet and I don't understand the reference. When uh, <laughs> when two things are next to each other that sound like a military thing, then you salute them like general notes. Oh, I see. Yeah. Like private information. <laughs> you know? It's cute. Yeah. And anyway. I don't think I have the attention span to notice. Yeah. That it's cute. It's fun. You can play that at home. You too can play that at home, listeners. With your private notes. I just wink. <laughs> wink. My hands. I'm like, I could lift my hand to salute, but I'm just going to wink. A, oh. And that's why I'm not in the armed service. Because <laughs> I just wink, wink at officers. <laughs> wink. The drill sergeant's like, what the hell? I'm like, Wink. Wink. <laughs> And he's like, You're fired. Court-martial. Wink. Court-martialed. <laughs> Court-martialed. Court-martialed <Okay. Wink. laughs> Anyway. Sorry. Hmm. Sorry. Uh even people who studied astronomy didn't understand the full weight of the things Galileo was discovering. Yeah. And the evidence that he saw. So it was from the beginning going to be basically impossible to theologians much less, like, anyone, right? Uh, for them to, like, be able to handle this. Yeah. They're losing it. And I've seen a couple interpretations of what this trial was really about deep down. Yeah. And, like, what people actually wanted out of it and what Galileo wanted out of it. So I'll try to kind of go over those. Mm-hmm. The classic... Interpretation is just that he was really into the science and the yeah. Copernican theory. Right. And the church was just... Um, like, like, no, no. Just, like, not being cool. Yeah. You know? As and they often aren't. And he's like, I just want to write what it's real. And they're like, no. They won't let me. No, we're not going to let you. Yeah. Especially because the... uh let me—it's uh, a little bit farther down in my notes. But the pope at the time, I mentioned he was a cardinal during the uh, the burning of the last guy. Of the, <laughs> the last science boy. Of the last science guy. Who tried us. Mm-hmm. The last one who was right. Uh, pope Paul V mm-hmm. was— So boring. So hostile to intellectuals, uh, according to the Tuscan ambassador to Rome, Um that every kind of person had learned to conceal their true views to him. Yikes. Um, and had he said, no time to come to Rome. Uh, There's no time to come to Rome and argue about the moon. Just don't do it. He doesn't want to hear it. Don't. Um, nonetheless, uh, Cosimo authorized Galileo's journey to, like, go and talk to him and, mm-hmm. like, get, like, try to reach an understanding. Sure. He's his buddy. A little bit of background, at least for the church's side, we are in the middle of Catholic v. Protestants. Yes. So, the Catholic Church is very sensitive to the idea of what is heresy, what does it mean to change church doctrine, what does it mean when we admit that we're wrong, Um, if we do have an area of contention uh, or a dispute... Like, what's to stop people from saying, Well, why don't we just dispute all of the things? Right. So they have to kind of toe the line. They're, well, and they're like very in defense mode. The freedom to interpret the Bible is very contentious, problematic for them, and dangerous. Yeah. And um, it's not like a liberal, fun time. No. And you know what's in the Bible? Math. <laughs> Lots of math and science, very yeah. accurate. Yeah, from the Bronze Age, mm-hmm. or at least the Old Testament. Math, math. Uh, like for instance, with this Pope, he had to settle a dispute between the Dominicans and the Jesuits over certain issues of free will, and that's still fresh in his mind. Right, and he had to take action in like 1607 to stop members of the two orders. From hurling charges of heresy at each other willy nilly, <laughs> left and right, so it's it's just people are at each other's throats over like nothing. Yeah, people need to settle down. It's the internet, uh, and this is this the the most mild thing I've heard said of this pope? Is if not anti intellectual, he was at least in the habit of. Nipping things in the bud before it became a bigger headache for himself. He's pro-stupid. He's he's pro, I don't want to have to get out of my chair and spank you harder. He's pro, let's not talk about it. Let's not talk about it and say we did. Uh, Fair. The, uh, a newer interpretation that I'm seeing more of uh, that I definitely didn't see like when I was in high school. Yeah. Is A little bit revisionist, if you will. Yeah, maybe a little more revisionist. I think there have maybe been new documents. Revisionist is not always bad. Yeah. Uh, Because, you know. Sometimes things were wrong. They were wrong-visioned the first time. Historians aren't always right the first time. They aren't always right at all. And sometimes we get (laughs) new documents. Like, I think we had new documents about his trial come out as late as, like, 2014. Oh, wow. Like, we're still, like, finding new stuff. Right. But uh, something I'm finding now is that Galileo, like, acknowledgement of Galileo's Catholicism Uh and that he isn't anti-religion. He's very pro-religion. Yeah. He's just very separation of religion and science. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. It's not. Like, he definitely doesn't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. He's like, listen, it's going to be a mistake if you get yourself entangled in this he's like look it can be both and it's fine yeah uh galileo wasn't there to prove a scientific point or get the church to side with him uh and that's what he says he writes about it like if the church is going to suppress anything it should be forbidding butting into scriptural or butting scriptural authority into matters that don't need it right he's like You don't need, this is like, are there craters on the moon? Do you need to be involved in this? Is it really important? And they're like, yeah, because that's heaven. Heaven is space. Space is where God lives. Everything's perfect. There are no craters. And so he thinks they should be separate and the church should like not, just should like keep its hands clean of the whole thing. I agree with him. Uh, He (laughs) says in letters that science be restricted in scope to things unrelated to the salvation of the soul. The Bible is often metaphorical. Yep. Um, and he's like, "Listen, the interpretation of it's like all up to you guys, and I'm not trying to be like in on your like. I'm ropes. not interpreting the Bible. I'm not interpreting. I'm just like measuring. I'm just measuring stuff. I just like measurements. What he doesn't want is for the church to adopt one thing. And to suppress the other one, which is sad right. because that's exactly what they end up doing. Always. That's what they do. It's their favorite thing to do. So before he really gets in trouble, uh, people don't really bring the Bible into it yeah. too often. Uh, but more and more, the philosophers that he's up against and just people who don't agree with his policies yeah, slowly begin to kind of like— Well, I don't think he should say that because, I mean, it goes against scripture. Because the Bible says. And he doesn't take it too seriously. Yeah. Until someone, one of his colleagues says it to his boss. Mm. And by his boss, I mean... Kosovo? Kosovo's mom. Oh. uh, Christina, who's like the archduchess or something. Of Worse. Like, worse, at a court breakfast, like, where everyone's just trying to have a casual time. We're just having brunch. We're just having brunch. Uh, Like, court breakfast, uh, a professor of philosophy speaks against uh, him. Wow. Basically saying, the uh, Galileo says the earth moves and it's contradicted and, you know, that's... It's not... Like, nowadays, if you said that, it'd just be like... I mean, whatever. Yeah. Back then, that's called heresy. Yeah. That's... You can't do it. Well, and, like, I always feel bad for these boys, like him and Copernicus, who are, like... Like, when you're religious, you know, and then somebody, like, tells you you're not, like, because you have, like, a different idea than what everyone else thinks or something. Like, that's so, like sad yeah because like especially like because later right in the enlightenment period the whole thing is like turning against religion to focus on science Mm -hmm. but it's like they don't have to be separate and it's like i don't disagree with you about most of it Mm -hmm. i like this stuff and i want to do this (laughs) yeah i just Uh. and now you're like you can't Mm. I won't let you. It's very aggressive because for the most part, the church has a very hands-off attitude towards all this. Right. It's like, they don't care. They get involved when people are extremely outspoken about it, Mm -hmm. like Giordano Bruno was. And he was also into, like, other, you know, more extreme uh, sects of... Catholicism. Oh, sure. And, like, other heretical stuff that did not help. Other other things that are um against the grain, if other you will. Other stuff. He, he wasn't, like... Alternative things. A well-known, well-regarded Catholic boy. Yeah. But nothing is allowed to contradict Holy Scripture. Right. And to point it out in polite company is very rude. Yeah. Uh, but... Luckily, Galileo, one of his uh, close friends and colleagues is there, and um, Cosimo's mother pulls that colleague aside and is like, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's like, well, I think uh, scientific matters should be considered on their own merits. Yeah, And uh, all the Bible metaphorical. Mm -hmm. And he immediately uh, gets off, basically gets off the phone with Christina and writes a letter to Galileo. he's like, run, dude, run. (laughs) Something's happening. Run for your life. So Galileo's not there. No, he's not even there. Uh, This is happening behind his back. That's so rude. Yeah. It's very rude. Mm. It's uh it's beyond rude because it's like potentially you could die. Yeah. It's effed up. Uh yeah, and like probably not then because it's just one guy throwing out something, but yeah. it's like being at like a diplomatic breakfast and like most of you know the president and you mentioned that like uh I don't know, like isn't that something like Like, that assassin killed the president that you're reading or something, you know? Mm. Just mentioning treason casually. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, clearly that's not what your intent is, but it's not cool to, like, imply. No. But Galileo feels really secure. He's not worried about this. Yeah. Because Bruno had his other, like, weird stuff going on. And he's and, like, this is the only thing I'm weird about. He's such—and he's such a good Catholic. Everything and else is normal. He knows the early church fathers recommended against any linking of the faith with matters that were irrelevant to salvation. right? Especially matters that required study that would interfere with time better spent in Studying meditation. Studying the Bible. That's, like, what St. Uh, Augustine is all about. Right. It's like, some heretic might know more about you than— astronomy but chill out you should be focusing on god yeah like read your bible and relax uh and the church fathers as a basis of biblical interpretation none of them had advised making worldly knowledge dependent on faith galileo felt fine mm-hmm. he's like people are being buttheads but i'm mm. not i'm not worried about it yet yeah nothing happens for around a year and in December 1614, a young Dominican does a whole sermon in a main church in Florence denouncing mathematicians in general. Salute. Yeah. And Galileists in particular. I was going to say, specifically. In particular. Yikes. Uh, using, as uh, his textual reference, the miracle of Joshua and sons stand thou still. Mm. Uh his, this Dominican's own brother was like, dude, stop. Yeah. Don't. And his father wrote to Galileo apologizing. He's like, oh my God. I'm <laughs> so I'm so sorry. It's like Gato. <laughs> like his dad being like, he's crazy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but oh. it doesn't stop the fact that. It's it's done. It's making the rounds. Yeah, people heard it. Now they're gossiping <laughs> through all the cities. It's in Pisa. It's the ruling families are hearing it. A copy. I mean, honey, look how popular you are. Look how much people care. <laughs> I know. Like it is really nice that people immediately are like. I'm really sorry that, yeah. that happened. Yeah. And people are like, well, and even the people back. gossiping though, they're like, they know who he is. They know what you're talking about, and they're like very interested in what's going on. Yeah. I'm like you're popular. He is important. Yeah, people know you, dude. A, a copy of the letter he wrote back to his friend after that court breakfast. Yeah. Uh, basically, where he refutes that he's against the church in any way, uh, starts making some rounds. Circulating. Yeah. And is forwarded to the Roman Inquisition. Great. For investigation. Oh. No accusations. Yet. No. Nope. Gal- he's like, maybe you should look at this. <laughs> maybe. Hey, maybe you should look at this. Have you seen this? Hmm. Maybe you heard uh, my sermon hmm. the other month. Hmm. 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 Galileo knows that this happens. Yeah. And he's worried that it's uh, they either edited the letter or did something to it. So he submits his own copy uh-huh. as well. And he's like, I should like go make sure that things are, like, chill. Yeah, probably. Because uh, uh, now it's in the danger zone. It's, like, getting weird. It's getting hot in yeah. here. So take off all your clothes. That's right. So he goes to Rome. Uh, he meets a churchman he'd met in Rome, and he tries to get the letter to the Jesuits and, if possible, to Cardinal Bellarmine. Mm-hmm. The partial copy had already been read at a... Meeting of the cardinals of the Inquisition. They write a report. They find a word or two that are maybe ill-advised, but they find it pretty boring. Yeah, They're or like, whatever. And eh, we have, like, real jobs. We have actual heretics to pursue. It's like, actual stuff to do. Yeah. Um, That's pretty boring. Yeah. Uh, the Dominican who did the first sermon went to Rome to offer testimony against Galileo, but the case... Um, is basically closed Mm -hmm. for want of evidence. Theologians at the top, at least aren't really after reasons to censure him. It doesn't appear. Right. Um, And they don't seem to be interested in intervening in science issues. They don't appear to be need to. Um, Bellarmine in particular said there's no plan uh, to ban Copernicus's book at most. Um, they m- are gonna remove some passages, like and leave the hypothesis intact. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, just edit some stuff out. Censure editing, yay! But not like the whole thing. It's not going right. on the banned books list. Not burning it. Which you know, you think banned books is like just a fun month of reading? <laughs> it's like serious for the Catholic Church. Yeah, especially at the time. It's re- they'll like kill you. Yeah, they'll kill you if they catch you. So. Just having your thing edited, that's fine. Yeah, it's okay, not a big deal. Uh, and his thing is, so long as you treat it hypothetically and you don't say that it's true. Yeah, that the Earth moves, you're safe. Yeah, he's like, I just don't want to hear you saying. I that mean, it's that was true. what Copernicus did. Yeah, he's like, here's some math. I don't know. <laughs> here's some math. Don't Leave, yell at me. Leave me out of it. But. Uh, the the Earth's motion would entail a lot more um, work on the part of biblical reinterpretations. Yeah, at least that's how he feels. Mm-hmm. And everyone is advised to just not go there. Yeah, just, don't, just think don't think about it. Do it, and it could have ended there. It really could. Galileo could have said no prob, and gone on as he was skirting the line of hypotheticals. Right, but he did not. So again, a doofus. Again, we're at the point where is it Copernicus uh, or Copernican zeal? Is it just his personality gets in the Mm -hmm. way? Do people conspire behind his back? Is he just really worried about the church? Yeah. Not getting entangled in this and he has to try to push? We're not sure. Something. It's something. Whatever it is, this is when he goes to Rome to meet the Pope in 1615. Right. Uh, Cardinal Bellarmine, consulted by the Pope, suggests the propositions in dispute mm-hmm. be submitted to the theological qualifiers. Gosh, and he hits like the worst Pope. It's a bad Pope. Yeah. For him. It's a really bad one. Pope's like, I hate learning. Mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with this. Math is evil. Mm, bad but uh, basically, he's like, just send it through the proper channel, prop- proper mm-hmm. proper channels. Yep, proper channels. And uh, just tell Galileo after what the ruling is. Just send it through the papal channels. Philosophers were excited because they think the church is going to be on their side, and Galileo is equally confident that the church is going to be on neither side, which is what he wants. Oh, okay. Because that's what he he doesn't want the yeah. church to be involved. Yeah. He doesn't want the church on his side. He just wants them out of it. Yeah. Uh, the officials responsible for the future of the church will decline to make an article of faith out of a disputed astronomical question. That's what he wants. He just, just like, mm-hmm. uh, don't, like, get your hands dirty Let's with this. Let's just not talk about it. I love you and get out. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not related to you. Yeah. Galileo found it. Pretty outlandish to think the church would ever officially adopt um, the view of Aristotle or Mm -hmm. anyone that was bizarre to him. Yeah. Uh, And then they do. Oh, (laughs) So the two uh, propositions Mm -hmm. that they are considering, and they're like the—basically it's like Supreme Court. They're judging these things against Scripture and, like, does it conform to Scripture? Yeah. They've got a basis. (sighs) So the first one is that the sun is the center of the world and totally immovable as to locomotion. The second item is that the earth is neither in the center of the world nor immovable, but moves as a whole and is total or in daily motion. Mm -hmm. And funnily enough, the way they phrase it, like, they're correct. Neither of these are true. Yeah. They're not the center of the world. Yeah. Or whatever. Right. Right. Uh, But on the first one, that the sun is the center, they decide, I'll say, that the said proposition is foolish and absurd (laughs) in philosophy and formally heretical inasmuch as it contradicts the express opinion of holy scriptures in many places, Mm. according to the words themselves and according to the common expositions and meanings of the church fathers and doctors of theology, and for the fact that the earth is neither in the center nor... uh, A movable, basically, ditto. Right. And uh, It's all wrong and bad. The recommendations were read in a weekly meeting with the Inquisitions in February 1616. And uh, it's, like, bad. Galileo's like, not on my birthday. (laughs) Not on my daughter's birthday. (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. That's real cute. That's real cute. That's cute. So... Wishing to make sure mm-hmm. that Galileo understands the uh, gravity of the, severity. Si- of the situation. Mm-hmm. The Pope asked Cardinal Bellarmine to notify him uh, personally. He's like, Go tell your bro. Of the decree before it was made public. Mm. And if Galileo doesn't agree, uh, they're supposed to tell him, like, make it worse, yeah. basically. If he showed himself willing to accept. He was—if he showed himself unwilling to accept mm-hmm. um, and just, like, put up a fuss in any way, which he didn't, Yeah, uh, he was to be ordered in the presence of a notary and witnesses that he must not hold, defend, or teach the propositions lest the Inquisition proceed against him. Mm. So either you can do what the rest of the Catholics are going to have to do, which is just pretend it's a hypothetical. Right. Or if you put up a fuss, we're going to put you in mental shackles. Or the Inquisition. (laughs) Or the Inquisition, Galileo. Which is everybody's favorite. And you don't even have to make a Monty Python joke. We'll tell you we're coming. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't even have to be in Spain. (laughs) So here's the thing. We don't know what happens. Oh. We don't know what happens at the meeting. Oh. Uh, Which is important because the documents... That um, they have to notarize to, like, say the meeting happened at all. Yeah. Are important to his second trial. Right. Evidence. And another, let's just say another part of the problem is that we don't know how the cardinal feels about Galileo. This is where, like, is he trying to be nice to him and giving him an out? Or... He's tricking him. Or is it, like, a weird trick and just... I don't, like, I don't know. Is the Inquisition really bad with their paperwork? Is someone trying to... Sabotage. Sabotage, we don't know. hmm What happens, and it's it's been in debate for, like, a century or so, like, as long as we've had the documents. Right. The basic source of the disagreement goes back. We have two documents bound into the latter proceedings. The first drawn up by or for a notary... But left unsigned, mm. recounts a single meeting at the residence of Cardinal Bellarmine during which Galileo was told by the Cardinal of the decision against the motions of the earth and the stability of the sun. So he's right, he's told the thing, yep, which therefore cannot be held or defended. Followed by which, he was then immediately forbidden uh, by someone else from the Inquisition mm-hmm. in the name of the Pope to hold defend, not to hold, defend, or teach in any way, orally or in writing, the proposition's named. So, the first one unsigned is that he went to the meeting and got the the extra bad outcome. Yeah. But then there's a second document. Oh, good. An affidavit given to Galileo by Cardinal Bellarmine to the effect that Galileo was told no more than the two propositions had been censured and then he must no longer defend them. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm. So he's allowed to talk about him still. He just—they're still hypothetical. Yeah. These are very different documents. Yeah. Then never talk about it again. <laughs> they're very different, right? The affidavit goes with Galileo. He um, there's like rumors um, that his like friends and family get that he's being. Abused or like held against his will, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, can I just like have a basically cardinal doctor note, right? That like I'm okay, and like <laughs> that I can go back to work, and he I'm not not worry about it, <laughs> and I'm not like disgraced." Yeah, and the cardinal's like, "Yeah, sure, here it is." So that goes with Galileo, and the church doesn't have a copy of it. Oh, mm. um, it's not good. What they I I'm pretty sure all they have is that first document. Right, that's like. Not finished. Not finished, but it's like, you heard. Severe. You heard. You heard what we said. Don't talk about it again or we'll kill you. And it's just just a big just a big shrug. Yeah. Because uh, it's like, why isn't it signed? Right. It's why not didn't finished. No one, why didn't no one sign it? Yeah. Uh, so we're not sure. We're not sure what happened. Mm-hmm. But Galileo goes, well, that sucked. And he goes home. Yeah. The thing is, um, a while later, like like a long time later, mm-hmm. uh, Matteo Barberini becomes Pope Urban the five, six, seven, the eighth, Maddie baby <laughs> number, and he's a Florentine, mm-hmm. and he is an intellectual and an open admirer of Galileo. Oh, good! It's like we have a liberal, open-minded Pope now. Good! It's like finally things are changing. Yay! And Get him to help you before he dies. <laughs> I know. Gallo's like, yay. I can, like, maybe do things again that I really want to do. Sometimes Pope dies really fast. Do it really quick. I know. And I think there's been, like, an extra Pope in the middle, too. Uh-huh. There's Probably. Been, like, <laughs> two Popes. Sometimes they die really fast. I go through them. They start them too old. Uh, a, a German cardinal told the, this new Pope that the Edict of 1616, basically that the copernican theory is no no mm-hmm. had lost the church some prospective converts and the pope said that if it had been up to him he wouldn't have had it issued sure so he's pretty he's pretty open minded yeah galileo visits in 1624 and tells them about his tide theory, which he wants to publish. Nice. Uh, but it depended on Copernican stuff to publish. Right. And he has, like, six meetings with the pope, and they have lots of discussions. And it's really fun and, like, playful banter and, Cute. like, open science talks. And it's really cool. Bro time. Like, open bro time. Yeah. And the pope appears, uh, is, like, really chill with it. And Galileo appears to have obtained permission to publish his tide theory. Which, I mean, has to be so cool for Galileo, not only, like, that he gets to, like, bro out about science with a, like, you know, religious figure, but, like, that he gets to hang out with the Pope. Like, the religious figure. Yeah, like, he's really Catholic, he gets to hang out with the Pope, and the Pope likes him. This one likes him. And they don't agree on everything, of sure. course. Uh, but he's not like, I'm going to kill you if you talk anymore. It's not like, you're going to go to hell and burn forever yeah. if you don't agree. <laughs> mm. Yikes. No. Man, no thanks. So from 1624 to 1630, Galileo was at work on this book. Uh, and he has to get it through different censures at the Vatican. And they, like, have to write a special foreword for it. And they tell him to, like... Says like, hey, this might not be true. Don't assume it. Yeah, like just a whole bunch of different stuff. He has to go through a lot of hoops. Yeah. But. uh, And they let him do it. They're letting him do it. At the last moment, he's instructed not to call it dialogue on the tides because it, like, stresses the physical argument for the motions of the earth too much. Uh, So he he changes it to dialogue concerning the two chief systems of the world, Ptolemaic and Copernican. Hmm. I'm flying fly a little close to the sun. Hmm. The Copernican sun. Which might move. Yeah, or not. Or not. Debatable. But if you read it, you're going to know exactly which side of the issue uh, the author falls what on. I think. It's pretty clear. Hmm. So this book is in the form of two experts arguing to win over a third uncommitted participant. Right. One expert is basically Galileo. Uh-huh. And one is an Aristotelian philosopher. And one is every man I've ever had to work with. <laughs> and the the philosopher's name, he's called uh, Simplicio. Because <laughs> he's simple. Yeah, it's a bit of wordplay. Simpleton. He's the, the simple fool. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, well... It's laid out as though it's an equal dialogue between the two sides. Right. But it's not. Uh-huh. Of course not. <laughs> it's not. It's an agenda. It's it's very agenda. Uh, it's also not meant to be a learning textbook. I, a lot of modern readers look at it and be like, he's ignoring, like, Kepler's elliptical orbits. It's uh-huh. like, it's not, that's not what it's for. Nope. It's not what it's for. Um, he publishes it in March... 1632. Okay. Um, there's a light outbreak of plague, just like a light plague. It's just a soft plague. Um, that delays copies being sent out. Okay. Uh, and then in August, an order comes very suddenly from the Roman Inquisition to stop all sales. Mm. And Galileo was summoned to stand trial. And he's like, what? And the Pope is pissed. The current one. The current one. Mm. Pope Urban. The nice one. The nice one. Mm. He is like he's pooping his pants. He's so mad. Oh. So once again, I've I've read many theories. Right. One of them is uh someone shows him this book and he recognizes almost word for word dialogues that he had with Galileo. huh. That are the back and forth between And Ptolemaid. he thinks he's a simpleton. And he's the fool yeah. in these. Uh, I've read some claims that uh, Urban requested to be in the book. Oh. Uh, But Galileo's like, well, your point of view is Ptolemaic, so you have to be the fool. Yeah. So you're in. Where else would I put you? I guess. And then uh, others are just that uh, someone who doesn't have uh, Galileo's best interest in mind, probably someone who has been uh, put off by the book in other ways, Uh has brought up that first document from the first trial Mm. that's like he was told not to talk about this. (laughs) I told him not to do this. Ever. And slipped it under the Pope's nose. And now the Pope is like, Uh he deliberately deceived me. And now he's effed. And there's, like, some popes really, you know, like, don't care what the last pope said. They're, like, I'm in charge now. It's new. Mm -hmm. Some popes really do care what the last person said. Yeah. Especially, like, that one would make sense to me that if he's, like, I thought we were just having conversations and really you knew you were already in trouble and you didn't tell me and you're trying to trick me. Yeah. Yeah. Something about it feels personal. Yeah. Something about it's personal. Yeah. Because like the Pope is so mad, but then he immediately pulls back and isn't involved in the trial really mm-hmm. at all. Like he's like, I'm a like I'm gonna punish you, but like I'm not gonna get my hands dirty in this. And, right? And like that that feels like uh, you know I've I've got a personal stake in this somehow, so I'm recusing myself. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I'm not gonna get mad. I'm just disappointed. Mm -hmm. I'll let (laughs) other people get mad. Uh, Galileo didn't go right away because he's like 70 and he has the plague. Oh, well. Um, Even the... I retract my eye roll. (laughs) The Inquisition in Florence is even like, we can't move him because he's probably going to kick it. Mm -hmm. But uh, Rome... Just let the poor man die. (laughs) Rome calls and they're like, you get him over here right now. Or we're going to bring the chains, and he's going to pay the expenses for bringing him over. Oh, my gosh. We are pissed. Do it. And uh, this is when it gets ugly for Galileo. Mm-hmm. This is when it gets bad. You thought the first trial was bad. This one's when it gets poop. This is bad. This is when it gets poopy. They're like, stay in your house and never come out and never talk ever again. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Essentially. So the trial doesn't start until April. Uh-huh. They, um, they kind of keep him in a box for a while, like something between, like, it takes them a while to get there, and they're just, like, keeping him and holding. Yeah. Once he's there, they're like, now you can wait. Now you can wait. Hurry up and wait. In your cell. Great. Chill out. Um, after a series of questions about the writing, licensing, printing, about the dialogue— the uh, inquisitor's ruling of 1616 was brought up. Mm-hmm. This is their, their main thrust. Right. And now they like, produce. Hey, remember, you weren't supposed to talk about this? Hey, remember this? And they hold up that first piece of paper. And he's like, never seen that ever. Remember this? The first unsigned notary document. He's like, never seen it in my life. And they go, aha, personal injunction was given to Galileo. And the prosecution makes much of the fact that it exists. Mm hmm. Uh, by this time, the cardinal, Bellarmine, has been dead for, like, like seven great. years or something. So great. no one who was alive then is alive anymore. They're all it's dead. It's the worst one. Though. Except for Galileo. He just lives forever. It's the worst one witnesses die because then you're just like, great, now I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Galileo says he doesn't remember a formal injunction. But he's also a very old man. Yeah, uh, he remembered the interview with Bellarmine well enough. Mm-hmm. He pronounces he produces the affidavit right. drawn up by Bellarmine before Galileo left Rome. It's signed. It's in the cardinal's mm-hmm. hand, mm-hmm. Uh, in which the cardinal affirmed that Galileo had not been forced to abjure Copernicanism, as rumor had claimed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bellarmine's note, whose existence clearly had not been known to the prosecution, <laughs> uh, forced a complete turnaround of the trial. It's they was my favorite. They had to, like, put him back in the box and rethink everything. Right, because they haven't seen it. And they're like, crap. Oh, crap. We have to come up with something else. No no signed document was ever found to support the memorandum on which the Inquisition based its charge. hmm uh, he he is at the trial being charged with uh, vehement uh, suspicion of heresy. Okay, and they tra- they do he is found guilty. Yeah, spoilers, which is fascinating because he isn't found guilty of heresy. He's found guilty of suspicion of it. <laughs> He's found guilty about thinking about heresy. Yeah. Uh, Considering once, it for once a again, the record in the Holy Office file is not signed. No, uh, and Bellarmine's uh, it strongly suggests that like it might not be valid. How did it get there? Yeah, was it even delivered? Uh, who we don't know. Like even today, we don't know. Yeah, that's why you have to have witnesses and stuff and keep copies. Yeah. There were two other, uh, there were two Dominicans at that meeting because the Dominicans didn't trust a gentle Jesuit to like be harsh enough. <laughs> gentle Jesuit. Uh, to like deliver it. They're like, Bellarmine's right. gonna be too gentle. They're friends. And Maybe. I've seen one theory of how that meeting went where Bellarmine kind of meets Galileo at the door and he's like, look, just nod and smile and we'll get through this. It's gonna be fine. Just like agree sure. to everything. Uh, and then they sit down, and Bellarmine starts talking about it. And the Dominican's like, "I see what's happening, and here's how it's actually going to go." Mm. And uh, the cardinal gets up and he's like, "How dare you! You're not allowed to do that. Um, right. That's not even what the Pope wanted to happen. I'm not signing this." And then he tells Galileo, "Just come back tomorrow, and we'll have like we'll our, do our own thing. We'll have our own thing." Gotcha. So that's maybe that's what that's a, one possibility. Makes sense. One possibility. Possible. In the trial, there's, there's no scientific questions asked. It's not about, yeah. It's not about the science anymore. He Galileo protested that he had taught it as a hypothesis only. It was not his truth. He defended the publication of his dialogue by insisting he had received all the necessary permissions from the church. Mm -hmm. It's like it all checks out. Talk to the pope. Um and it doesn't it doesn't matter. None of it matters. because uh, my my dude, the Pope, sent his stable of lawyers on you and they are yeah. armed with Bibles and torture racks and they don't care. They're angry. They don't care. You thought this had anything to do with truth, you're wrong. No. This has to do with the Pope is mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> the Pope is mad at you, and you're going to be convicted you of something. Did the stupid. Uh he he's uh, yeah suspected heresy, and basically like once once that sixteen sixteen decree was signed, um, anything written about uh, heliocentrism yeah you're at the pope's mercy. At to, that point, I have to say real quick you say, like, suspected heresy, right? And so, not literal, like, we think you maybe did it. Just reminds me of um, that, like, guy that Catherine de' Medici hung out with who uh-huh. they were like, You tried to kill the prince with witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, I mean, he probably did,
1: but, mm-hmm. like,
0: that's not real. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. Didn't work. It's so funny. So, like, whatever. <laughs> I put some crystals on my window sill and <laughs> I made a little doll. Thought really hard about it. <laughs> I considered maybe committing heresy. <laughs> I made a little braid and put some honey on it. What is this double think nonsense? <laughs> what? What? Witch Yeah. But the real. same thing of them I think you thought about committing heresy, maybe. You were thinking. So, punished for life. You had a thinky thought. Hmm. That I didn't like. You considered heresy, so <laughs> get out of here. But, yeah, so once they sign that decree. Yeah. And uh, Copernicus's thoughts are formally heretical. Mm-hmm. You are... And he could feel it in the grave. Oof! You are at um, the Pope's mercy. Like, no matter how clear it is yeah. that you're being theoretical about it, if the Pope has an inclination to bring you in, he can do it. Right. Like, you put you put the word on a paper. <sighs> Although, just imagine Copernicus, like, being in heaven mm-hmm. and the Pope deciding... That his stuff's heretical, and there's a pew! <laughs> <laughs> Straight down. No! He's like, crawl. <laughs> I didn't want this. No. I didn't want it. Why? I tried so hard. <laughs> I didn't go. Rolling in his grave. No. Like a tornado at this point. No. Just zooming around. So. He's uh, like, I never wanted to be talked about this much. <laughs> I know this isn't what I wanted. It's terrible the there's a lot made of Galileo's general stay with the inquisition mm-hmm. the uh, hilton inquisition inquisition hilton mm-hmm. they they keep him a prisoner until april 30th and then they keep him again until like june and he's super old and right. he's sick mm-hmm. and the, <laughs> the worst There's this image of him, like, in a cold, dank cellar, and he's being tortured in his off time, Mm -hmm. like, with whips and chains and things, and uh, that's not what happened. Yeah. He's super old. Yeah. The uh, church has— hit an old man. You can't, like, lawfully you can't hit him because it will make his—anything he says non—like, you can't admit it. It's torture. Uh— well, torture is fine. Oh. There's just rules. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need to do a whole episode about torture sure. at the time. Please. Uh, torture at the time is has more in common with, like, the FBI giving you a polygraph test. Yeah. At least in early stages than it has with, uh, like, basically being murdered. Yeah. Or, like, breaking fingers. Like, tell us. Uh, they're not allowed to just put you on the rack and go at you, Yeah, uh, you essentially have to consent to being tortured. The first few rounds... (laughs) I have advice. Don't. Yeah. The first few rounds of quote-unquote torture are just like them sitting down and having a talk with you. Yeah. Being like, listen, we're sure you're uh, a a good person and you're innocent and we know God loves you and wants to forgive you of the things you've done, Uh, but... This here is my lie detector device, mm-hmm. and um, we don't want to have to use it. But if you don't talk to us, then it is one of the things we can use right? to, uh, you know, help get some information. The papal police. Yeah, the papal police. The pal uh, Yeah, if you are at all interested and have, like, six hours free and are really bored... Go on YouTube and watch a full-length polygraph test Mm. Uh, because they don't even, like, strap him in for, like, an hour or so. It's all talking and, like, here are the questions, and they're really easy, and, like, there's no surprises. Mm -hmm. I want you to be really comfortable, and it's all a mind game. Yeah. So at the end, they can be like, gotcha. And there are surprise questions. (laughs) Ha-ha! Yeah. But uh, one of the rules is that you, uh, if they're not fit enough to survive it, you can't torture people. Yeah, because he's old. He's old and he's sick. And Can you imagine how not okay everyone would be if they're hitting an old man? <laughs> it's not okay. Uh, and he's being generally compliant. Yeah. Uh, and he's also like the Pope's ex-friend. Yeah. Uh, so they gave him like decent rooms if cramped. And after a while, he just broke because, like, his daughter was sending him letters being like, Dad, please just uh, come home. Please stop. And he was like, sick and tired. Right. He's just like, whatever. And there for months. And it's like, Can I just please, please let me go? A lot of people confess just to go home. Mm hmm. Like, just to be done. They don't have to put him on the rack, they just have to wait. Yeah. Uh, It's its own form of torture. (laughs) Just wait. <laughs> but it is it is fascinating how different the outcomes of this trial are interpreted. Mm-hmm. interpreted. Uh, one is that the Inquisition slowly breaks him over the course of long weeks of waiting and questioning until he's on his knees, like, sobbing and begging for them mm-hmm. to just, like, let it end. And the other one is... Uh, That there's only one big issue raised, and Galileo wins it immediately because he has the evidence, and it's signed by a previous cardinal. Mm -hmm. And um, he uh, just is like, so what do we do? And the church doesn't want to be embarrassed, so they make up some Trump charges Uh and have him sign it. And he's like, look, this is fine. It's all privately arranged with the understanding that he'll be treated fairly afterwards and it'll just go away. Um, and then he's uh, really crushed when they condemn him to indefinite imprisonment. Yeah. In- imprisonment. <laughs> imprisonment. He's on house arrest. He's found guilty. Most interesting to me, uh, three cardinals out of the ten declined to sign the sentence passed against him. Oh. Which uh I think there's there's a few reasons for that. Maybe they just didn't think it was lawful yeah. for whatever reason. Uh, or they saw that it's like this is a good Catholic boy and I don't think he did anything wrong. And like this card he has a thing signed by a cardinal. Yeah. And like some of them might have even knew him. Mm-hmm. So the the sentence issued on the 22nd of June, 1633, had three parts. Mm. He, he was found vehemently suspect of heresy, <laughs> namely of having held the opinions that the sun lies motionless at the center of the universe, etc., etc., et We intensely believe that maybe you think this. <laughs> I know. Uh, he was required to abjure, curse, and detest those opinions. Okay. He was sentenced to formal imprisonment at the pleasure of the Inquisition. Is such a subtle, slithery, yeah. nasty way of putting it, right? Ew. Um, this was changed on the following day to house arrest. Yep. Uh, which he was under for the rest of his life. Just sit at your house. His offending dialogue was banned, put on the no read list. Mm-hmm. And though he wasn't told about it at the trial, uh, publication of any of his works was also forbidden, including any he might write in the future. That sucks. Uh, according to popular legend, as he's being let out, he kind of says under his breath, "And yet it moves." You know, a little, yeah, like little last move sling. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. Yeah, um, like, there's no evidence he said it. He's like, "And people still eat cake." Yeah, thanks. And you're like, what? Um, it it that phrase appears in a painting. Um, of the 1640s by the Spanish painter uh, Murillo, or at least an artist of his school, Okay, depicting Galileo uh, pointing to a copy of the phrase written on the wall of his dungeon. Sure. The rest of Galileo's life sucks. (laughs) His daughter dies. Yeah. um, And he can't, like, go to her because he's under house arrest. He... um, has bad medical stuff happen and the church won't let him go get treatment. Sanazaraz. They won't let him leave the house. He eventually starts writing some stuff again. Nothing to do with, you know, astronomy or yeah, anything. He can't. You know, like that. He writes like about magnets and, you know, sure. basic physics stuff. Uh, but, at the urging of a Medici prince, they're like, "You should try to get it published because he doesn't know about the ban uh-huh, and it's so sad because he gives it to a Florentine engineer who was leaving for Germany, yeah, and the they were trying to find a publisher, you know, Protestant Germany mm-hmm. who hasn't heard about. Uh, the, the ban. The ban, or about, like, you know, just the Pope hating him. Yeah. Um, but they they are told that uh, they, they can't. A Venetian Inquisitor tells them that, like, Galileo can't print anything. It doesn't matter if it's a theological matter. He could literally try to publish an edition of the Lord's Prayer, and they would not let him do it. Wow. Uh, They show him or they show, you know, the guy who's trying to get it published, the wording of it, which indeed prohibited the printing of literally anything Gallo even touches, uh, has ever written or even just has edited. Wow. It's so much. It's like it's overkill of the highest degree. Right, Like they're afraid he's going to sneak anything in. And so they're like, nope. Yeah, and there's uh, dramatic stories that he had to smuggle manuscripts out past his Inquisition guards. And uh-huh. um, there's doesn't appear to be any proof of that. They seem to have grown pretty fond of him. Yeah, over the they years, tend to. they tend to. <clears throat> he eventually becomes. Totally blind. This is gonna end like on such a bummer note. (laughs) That's okay. During part, that's real. That's (laughs) real life. During part of 1638, he was permitted by Rome after a lot of negotiation uh, and guarantees from the Florentine chief inquisitor to go live with his son Mm -hmm. in Florence for consultation with doctors. But he was forbidden from speaking to anyone. He. was only allowed to attend church services in Holy Week uh, when he got special permission to leave the house. And was obliged to promise, again, not to speak to they anyone. They won't let him go to church unless they say. Yeah. <laughs> it's so messed up. Uh, especially because he loves the church. Yeah, he wants to go to church. He wants to. Being blind was really just awful for him. Yeah. because like... Telescopes. Telescopes. can't just want to look at the sky. He can't even look at the stars anymore. Uh, And he he writes to—I forget who he wrote this to. Someone was writing to him about the church. Yeah. Uh, And he said, I've said that I hope for no relief, and this is because I committed no crime. If I have erred, I might hope to obtain grace and pardon for transgressions by subjects or the means by which the prince finds occasion for the exercise of mercy and indulgence— Hence, when a man is wrongly condemned to punishment, it becomes necessary for his judges to use greater severity in order to cover up their own misapplication of the law. This affects me less than people may think possible, for I have two sources of perpetual comfort. First, that in my writings there cannot be found the faintest shadow of irreverence toward the Holy Church, and second, the testimony of my own conscience, which only I and God in heaven thoroughly know. And he knows that in this cause for which I suffer, though many might have spoken with more learning, none, not even the ancient fathers, have spoken with more piety or with greater zeal for the church than I. Mm. And he died with a clear conscience in 1642. Mm. Poor old man. <laughs> he just lived too long. He lived so long. You Just get out of here. You got to go. Gosh. You got to go, buddy. Drink some poison. Do something. Yeah. It's like, this is bad for you. Yeah. Anyway. Fun. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) It's hysterical. So funny. But yeah, he liked the church. The church didn't like him. So sad. It's sad. It's sad. Just trying to be a smart and a good boy. Yeah, you um, can't be both. You can't be both. We Not both. let you. <laughs> Not in the seventeenth century. Nope. Nope. Ugh, yikes, my dude. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, what we learn? <laughs> uh, don't. There's, don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't. 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 Don't at the church. Don't. When the church is like, don't at me, take it seriously. Yeah, <laughs> do not at them. Don't at the church. Wow, don't. Uh, at least not if you really love the church and you're not willing to just go balls to the wall. Yeah, if you're not willing to die. If you're not willing to, like, literally stage uh, a reformation or something, yeah. don't. 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 <laughs> don't. <laughs> Are oh, you man. Henry VIII? Then don't. Then don't. Are you literally on an island <laughs> separated by an enormous moat? Then don't. Then don't. <laughs> don't If not, would, then don't. Don't. You beautiful science boy. Don't. Mm-mm. I want to reach into history and pluck him away from all this. Be like, don't. I mean, I'm just going to take you to, like, an IMAX, like... <laughs> 3D star thing and just yeah. be like just like let me show you the universe baby boy I'm gonna take him to Laser Floyd <laughs> yeah oh my god whoa that would kill him the music and the lasers he would die yeah <laughs> that would that would be how he'd either like you look on his Wikipedia page it's like natural causes or just like hella old age it's like no time travel and Laser Floyd Floyd lasers yeah <laughs> he got so high, he went to heaven. Ooh, He couldn't handle it. <laughs> he got to heaven. He wasn't even smoking anything. He was just <laughs> like, the music and the light. The music. Ah, <laughs> oh my God, it's all stars. Anyway, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this installment <laughs> of Science. Boys. Boys. A. A. And, um,. Thank you for listening. Email us hysterical history podcast. Leave us reviews on iTunes and Stitcher and Castbox. And, blah, 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 blah. and bye. Bye. bye 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 Galileo Galileo.